0: It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal from Lord Pohino! Still, it's not away. Southgate Southgate's shot. Milosevic scores.
2: DPR
1: could do with a bit of magic from him. Maybe this is it. It is! Andy Sinton from nothing. Brian
0: Roy has headed for his interlead. Oh, what a goal from no power on it whatsoever, but Taibbi has made a horrendous error. Now, you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh it hasn't. No.
1: Hello and welcome to episode seven of series four of Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? I am Chris Gold, and joining me, Josh Widdicombe. Oi, oi. And also, welcome back. He sat here in a full-length sleeve Sampdoria top. It's Mr. Michael Marden. Hello,
0: welcome back from manager holiday. Thanks, mate. Yeah. How was manager holiday? It was great. I went to um, I went on a sort of nineties-themed manager holiday. I found I went on Google Maps and I found where you know the crinkly bottom uh, theme park, <laughs>
2: Crickets and Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I, I went there and uh, <laughs>
0: had a great old time.
2: Did you? Uh, we discussed at length while you were away. The concept of manager holiday on Championship Manager. Right. Did you ever do manager holiday? I would sometimes do it in the
0: uh, pre-season. You'd go out and sort of play with your mates and then come back. And I just wanted that boring admin bit right. out of the way but I'd never let it play my fix just for me <laughs> and, but did never. you did you sign any players in that manager no, 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 like, no, never but, turned up And no, no no there were on the versions of the game where you could specify what was allowed to happen
2: oh no no we were talking about the early incarnations no, where, then, you'd, you'd, uh, you'd where you'd, you'd taken another job uh, no absolutely absolutely <laughs> not. no way um, do you want some correspondence yes please
1: I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the
2: Electronic Postbag. You've got mail. Okay, this is from Simon Hollage. Good surname. Right. Whilst listening to episode four of your pre-season training camp, I thought I'd combine two subjects I now affiliate with you guys. Do I remember this right? And the bad football player having the newest kit piece. You guys have the perfect man to confirm so. Whilst playing under 13, under 14 the local youth team, Lakeview. I have a vivid memory of a young Mr. Skull playing with me in the said side in goal, wearing a beautiful new West Ham goalkeeper top. What? what? Yes. Although a beautiful piece of kit, our team and, indeed, Chris in goal were actually as terrible as Pavel Surnacek's mid-90s multicoloured delights. Did this actually happen? Is my youth a miss? Please reshape my message from Simon Hollidge, I would be a ginger striker if so. Well, Do you fr- this? well,
0: firstly, Pavel Cernicek's Newcastle kits
2: were not horrible; they were exactly. fantastic. Yeah, they're very nice. But skull, did you play in goal for Lakeview? Unbelievably, Essex name for a football team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the derbies against Lakeside, they used to go off.
2: Uh, that's yeah, unbelievably true. If you were writing a piece of fiction about an Essex youth football team, you'd call them Lakeview. <laughs> oh, man, Lakeview. Yeah, I did. I played for Lakeview, but I don't remember Simon.
1: That's insane. Did you play in goal? I So I were had a good? spell where I went and got goal. Our goalkeeper got... So we ha- we started the season with a manager and what we were rubbish. We were losing every week. And the manager... Either sacked. I don't think he would have got sacked. You wouldn't get sacked from like youth level. (laughs) I think he just quit. But the manager's son was our goalkeeper, so we were out of a goalkeeper. I think I was like playing in like midfielder up front, so we had no goalkeeper. We went to training one night, and I had an unbelievable going goal where I was just saving everything. (laughs) And so uh, I think I ended. Yeah, I ended up in goal. Um, That's absolutely true. But I don't remember where. I wouldn't have worn a West Ham kit in a match. But I remember one game. I was on you know when uh, you catch the ball as a goalkeeper and you go to kick it out I hadn't had much practice at uh, catching the ball and kicking it out of my foot and so in the middle of this game I was suddenly having to kick it on the volley out from my feet and the nerves or whatever, I kept shin-rolling it off my leg every ah. kick I got <laughs> in my hand. And to the extent the opposition strikers were, were chatting to each other every time I grabbed the ball going, watch this, i will shin-roll it. <laughs> and I inevitably did, and they'd all start laughing. And this went on for the ah. entire game. It was an awful spelling goal. The other thing about our manager was that, he, obviously, um, he, the one who left half of the season was in charge of washing the kits. And because we were awful... Our, our captain was a bit of a card. And I remember one, one game we'd, we'd lost heavily and our kits were a bit dirt. And he was like, right, come in. Don't get any more dirt on your kits. And our captain went, come on, let's all slide in the opposition goal mouth, which was really muddy. We all slid. And he started losing his mind at us all for having slid and got. It was white kits getting so muddy. So it may have been the case that he held onto the kits and we had to bring our own for this game. Yeah. Um, this, I think, could be a rich vein of form for us. The question is Have you ever played football with me, Josh Widdecombe, or Michael Marden? Send it into our email address. Hello, quickly, Kevin. A lot of suspicious looks being <laughs> cast across yeah, the table. I'm about that. Give us your review. If you I'm- ever played football with any of us as a kid in the 90s. Send us a review of how you thought it went. Yeah, I'd like to specify it at, at youth level, not, <laughs> not as a man. M- Michael will be vigorously deleting emails as they come in, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> but I'll be checking the junk mail. Right, now, we've promised this for a couple of weeks. Uh, do you want a complete list of everyone who swallowed their tongue? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I know you wanted a,
1: a specific
2: soundtrack to this. Casualty, please. <laughs> okay. Kevin Moran swallowed his tongue in January 1987 when Man U beat Newcastle 4-1. Reading player Ashley Williams swallowed his tongue in an away game on a frozen pitch. Uh, it was against either Newport or Swansea. Hull's Andy Beaton swallowed his tongue in a game in around 1990. Big one. Ronaldo swallowed his tongue before the 1998 World Cup final, according to some reports. Wow. Paul Warhurst. That's all I've got on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Jenkins, formerly of Huddersfield Town, swallowed his tongue whilst playing for Cardiff. Dion Dublin saved Michael Owen's life when he swallowed his tongue in a France 98 warm-up match against Morocco. Wow. And John Fashionley swallowed his tongue, uh, but had his tongue pulled out by Notts County keeper Steve Cherry. Thanks to Matt Gates, Mark Wood, Chris Devaney, Rob Phillips, Chris Hall, Nathan Pugsley, Dan Gage, and David Clare for all the stories. A footballer swallowing their tongues. I'd love it if somebody out there could create a Wikipedia page <laughs> for swallowing the, tongue. <laughs> swallowing the tongues swallowing their tongue. If anybody
0: wants to, and put a hyperlink to our uh, our podcast in there as well.
2: Yes, please. Uh, do you want one more? Yeah. So we've been discussing my Eddie McGoldrick theme tune that I always say, da, 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 Eddie McGoldrick. Uh, so we've had a few in. Um, hello, chaps. Great work on the new series. Been top quality. Like Josh with Eddie McGoldrick, I have a football Tuna affliction, but with the Manchester City and Ireland legend Terry Phelan. <laughs> Me and my mates, largely Sunderland fans, no Phelan affiliation, used to sing Dancing on the Ceiling, Oh What a Feeling, Terry, Terry Phelan. <laughs> We did also have a less successful but critically acclaimed period when we went with Ronnie Whelan for the same song. Do you know what I thought recently? came out of
1: absolutely nowhere. I heard uh, Deck the Halls. With, yeah, it's, it's approaching Christmas. And I suddenly thought, Deck the Halls of Basil Bolly. Fa la 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 Exactly, right.
2: that's what we're looking for. <laughs> Lovely. And it just comes to you. It's not one where... We don't want you to try and fit footballers into songs. It's ones that have just come to you. Um... Also, uh, he's got on the same Terry Phelan. Uh, Amazon's current advertising campaign, Can You Feel It? I constantly have Terry (laughs) Feelin. Terry (laughs) Phelan. Going around in my head. Um, There's also someone, uh, Chris Rutter, who sings uh, Kanchelskis to Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. Uh, um, If you've got any more of them. Do you want me to just move on from the Andre Kanchelskis Can't Touch This? Or would you like... The recording he sent to us of himself showing us how it works. I mean, I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah, um, I haven't listened to this yet, so it might well be, you know, sex sounds or something. But here we go. Kanchelskis.
3: <laughs> Kanchelskis. <laughs> Kanchelskis.
2: <laughs> Kanchelskis. <laughs> 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 He's, he's
0: done a great job on the uh, the different vocal deliveries. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I know we're not going to be able to touch this correspondence until the, uh, series five. But if you've got any nineties footballers' name who you think is perfect against a certain song, get in touch. Record it yourself. Send it in to Kevin dot com. I feel like this will be amazing in series five. Right
0: now,
2: this feels like we're dusting off a uh, an old favourite. It's like when Brian Wilson released Smile after 30 years. <laughs> the legendary John Moncur episode. The like legendary that. John Moncur episode, <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to play it live at, uh, at some point as well. Um, so, John Moncur, this is an interview with one of Chris's favourite players of all time, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Spurs, West Ham, covers a
2: lot of ground. Um, it's also, we've got uh, contrasting takes on the same story. So if you listened to our Stuart Pearce episode two episodes ago, he talked about his view on the clock incident. Now we recorded John Monker before the Stuart Pearce one, possibly prompting us to push Stuart Pearce in that direction with an anecdote <laughs> that he didn't find as funny as John Monker. <laughs> Here's John Monker. It's
3: a 11-
1: Our guest this week is one of the central characters of the 90s for me. Spells at Spurs, Swindon, and most importantly, of course, West Ham United. Welcome to the show, John Moncur. Great to be here.
2: Lovely Pleasure to have you. We to um, try not to talk about West Ham, but it'll come
1: up. <laughs>
3: somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. somewhere.
1: Um So we like to ask the hard-hitting questions on this show. We're going to kick off with a nice, easy one for you. Can you name all your shirt sponsors in the 90s? Beginning with Spurs. Blimey just to be clear it's not
2: all like this no, <laughs> just so to I'll, settle you in just to settle you in yeah i'm
3: getting a little yeah uh, tottenham probably had one main sponsor was holston
2: correct correct any free holston
3: oh yeah plenty of that <laughs> that's uh, good after every game some before I <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,
1: what about swindon
3: swindon oh we were sponsored by Onda?
1: I've got down here, Burma.
3: Burma, that's it. Petrol. We got free. Is it pet- petrol? <laughs> did free you petrol. petrol? Yeah. That's pretty good, yeah. isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: How did you get your free petrol? What, like we're a jerry that, can off the train? We've
3: a Burma stations round Swindon. Yeah. And, uh, brilliant. Yeah, we have got sponsored cars. Yeah. Uh, free petrol. But, that's pretty good, but, isn't it? But in all fairness, I, uh, I used to travel with Mick Yazard who was an ex-Tottenham player. So I knew him from Spurs years ago. Tightest man in the world so we was driving uh, we was just outside where was we basically got on the M25 we was going down to Southampton and he went about 50 well it was about 50 minutes out of his way to find a Burma station <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we ended up late with a kick off was early that's how bad he was
1: <laughs> so in our first series of this we discussed like the first famous person we ever saw and Michael's first famous person he ever saw was Michaela Strachan from the w- really wild show <laughs> but <laughs> Actually, Blimey. you were the first famous person I ever saw up close and personal, oh, and it was it was Big Al's Adventure House, which is like a child's like playground thing in, in East London, in Fairlop Waters. And I was in the ball pond. I looked out, and there's John Monker <laughs> doing little Cruyff turns with the balls, <laughs> a loose ball from the pond. And I just stood, there, I just sat on the edge, like fro- frozen. I couldn't Full believe it. <laughs> <and
2: kept>. <laughs> <laughs> selling petrol in the car park
1: <laughs> do you remember that John doing Cruyff turns a little ball from? There?
2: I actually did
3: obviously having three boys I was always taking to places like that and uh, yeah the, 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 obviously the child in me I, I couldn't keep steals so I joined in
1: um, so let's wind the clock back 1991 you're at Tottenham this is the year they were in the FA Cup you were in and around that squad that season I think you made 11 appearances for Spurs
3: yeah. in 91 decent team out there Yeah, I mean, Tottenham at the time was probably, uh, they called it a cup team over a period of, I don't know, since Bill Nicholson won the 66 double, Tottenham was always sort of known as a cup team. And especially the time I was here, we had some great players and couldn't really consistently beat the top teams. So, but they had obviously good runs in the FA Cup and the League Cup. Did you
2: play in that 91 FA Cup run?
3: No, I played a couple of games Couple of appearances I made, but obviously didn't make the final, which was disappointing. But you were in all the pictures. But yeah, I mean, at the so end of the day, getting on the <laughs> pictures—that's it. So where were uh, you for the final? Were you on the bench? No, I was actually thirteenth man, if we say, because in them days, um, the sorry, fourteenth man. Four there was two subs. two subs. So, which, in all fairness, it was—it uh, went against young kids because. A lot of kids now get appearances off the bench because there's a load of subs. But yeah. it was good; it was great that year because you had so much talent in that team with Paul Gascoigne and players like that.
1: Um, that cup run was like synonymous with Gaza. Like, he mm. obviously, got the winner against Arsenal in the semi-final, and then the final nearly cuts Gary Charles in half and does his crease shit. You yeah. must have been with him before the game. How fired up was he?
3: Yeah, obviously the balance of. You know, getting that, he was so excited, and he was probably one of the best players, I would say, in the world at that time, mm. midfield. Uh, and he proved that in the World Cup. But it, with Gazza, it was getting that balance, and he was over, you know, he was overzealous, no doubt. I mean, the first tackle, we he took Charlo's head off. I mean, that was GBH, wasn't it? But I remember one of the games, this is how good he was. We played Portsmouth, and it go to Fratton Park, quite an hard game. And basically, mm. it was a terrible pitch that day. But that night, after uh, we had our pre-match meal, Gaza couldn't keep still, couldn't go to sleep. So we went in the in the hotel, there was a squash call. So there was about half a dozen of us, and Tottenham played it all the time. It's like piggy in the middle. And basically, it's, it's we all do it now like as a warm-up. But we was in there till 2 o'clock in the morning. What, just playing piggy in the middle? Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, that's how you prepare... <laughs> It didn't matter to me because I wasn't. I was again 14th man. Yeah. But next day we woke up. I said my legs are gone. And he like no, he can walk, Gaza. I mean. And he was doing all mad sort of uh, exercises and all for your fires, where you you, you was having competitions who can stay, stand, bend your knees with your back to the wall and hang near the longest. I mean oh, it's yeah. a fire, it's a fire burner, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so we got up the next day and it. it I won't name who, who was there, but obviously. We, we, we was, like, shot. So I was laughing because I'm, I'm 14th man. So anyway, I goes in the bar because I used to be on loan at Portsmouth, so I knew the people there. So I went and see a few mates. I'd had a couple of brandies before the game. All of a sudden, the, the assistant manager runs up. Terry Fenix broke his leg in the warm-up. So now <laughs> my legs have gone. I've had a couple of brandies. I'm thinking, please don't get on. The pitch is like a quagmire. And... Uh, <laughs> Gazza was having an absolute nightmare. His legs had gone, we're 1-0 down. So you're thinking, right, we're out of the cup here. And he sort of, this is how good he was, he sort of run forward and scored an header, basically out of, you know, on a counter-attack. And the adrenaline of him, you know, he's run back. They took kick-off. Two minutes later, he gets the ball, drops a shoulder, beats one, plays a 1-2, gets it back, goes in and scores another fantastic goal. 2-1, he's the hero, you know, and if you, you know, if you knew how he prepared for that game,
2: you people wouldn't have believed it. But that's how good he was. When you, in those days, did anyone have any, like, concerns about him or think he should... Did you think he'd change or do you think he'd play his whole career like this or did people think, I just think someone would get a handle on him? And... Yeah, I just think he was that type of character
3: and that good. I mean, Venable was the manager at the time. He, he just let him do what he wanted. Because if you try to restrict him or or tie him down to a certain way of living or lifestyle or position when he played, you wouldn't get the best out of him. Yeah, he was just a, a free spirit, so he could get away with it because he was yeah. fantastic and he was young. But obviously, the
2: lifestyle caught up with him in the end. Did you go? And, didn't all the players go and visit him in hospital after yeah. that cup final?
3: Yeah, we all went after. Obviously. You know, it was
2: it was devastating for
3: him because of what happened. You know, but he wanted to get out out of bed and come to the party with his crew shit hanging <laughs> <on>. <laughs> but he The doctor wouldn't let him. but
1: well, was it? A case of him being dangerously wound up before that final? Like, could you tell? That yeah, was like he was
3: just not in the right headspace for it. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he. Uh, I actually see him before because in the, in the day with the football focus and all that the cup final was on telly when it all day from mm. when you got up and we was actually in one of the old tellys and it was behind the curtain where we had our pre-match meal so it was another room so we was in there and someone said something half detrimental about Spurs not winning and he kicked the telly through basically not on the not morning of the cup final. yeah like for a laugh he kicked it off the cabinet it was yeah. Like and it went backwards and you heard a big smack and we just all ran out laughing and I thought blimey here we go bring on Gary Charles (laughs)
1: Um, some characters in that Spurs team as well Steve Sedgley we've heard that Steve Sedgley was probably more mad than Gazza he's up
3: there Yeah, definitely it was a lot of players a lot of characters and it was one of them you had to be careful what you wore every day in training he got that ruthless the stick (laughs) what was Gary Lineker like to play with or was that? Uh, yeah, I mean, Gal was more, you know, he was quite straight, but he yeah. still had a, a good sense of humour underneath it all, you know.
1: Um, so, your time at Spurs came to an end in the summer of '92 when you went to Swindon yeah. with brand new player manager, Glenn Hoddle. Yeah, yeah. How well did you know Glenn Hoddle? Yeah,
3: I one? mean, I, I was best mates with his brother through the years. Uh, Carl, sadly, he's, he's dead now. But he was a, a great lad, Carl, and Glenn obviously saw a lot of me as a kid because he was watching his brother. So he knew me backwards. And,
2: right.
3: uh, to is be honest, a kind
2: of, when you're signed by someone who's such a like legendary player, is that kind of a thrill in itself that someone like Glenn Hodler's yeah. put their trust in you? Without a doubt. I mean, I look back, uh, I
3: went out on loan, I think, about six times and hence got the name the Lone Ranger <laughs> but it wasn't funny at the time because I I just wanted to uh, start my career really yeah. looking back you probably look at four of them clubs I would have signed for and nothing materialised so it's a confidence sort of it's a bit of a downer when it don't come off and stuff like that and your confidence suffers a little bit and then when Glenn came in for me I think they paid 80 grand for me it was a, a real boost because For me, he was probably, along with Gaz, the best midfield player I've ever seen and played with. So for him to sign me, that was a
2: real, as you say, a real confidence boost. He was player manager at the time, presumably. So were you Mm. paired up with him in midfield?
3: No, at Swindon, he played a system where, because he'd been out and played under Wenger at Monaco, he sort of played a 5-3 at the back at the time. But what he would do, we had two sort of good wing backs up and down wing backs Nicky Summerby and Paul Bowden and he would flood the midfield so he'd have three of us in midfield he would play sweeper and basically he'd come in as a third fourth uh, midfielder so at times we would have six across the middle of the park and it <laughs> and was fantastic I mean some of the best football I'd ever played because you know you had obviously Glenn signoff there was Mickey Hazard in there who was a great footballer obviously myself Martin Ling so and them two wide players, so Efos was just keep the ball. You know what I mean? If we we got the ball, they can't they can't beat us. Yeah. So it was all built on possession. And really, we got up where we you know Swindon Town never had the budget. It was just him really, and his his Efos
2: and the players he got in and the way he played the game that got us into the Premier League. Was he a show off when when he was playing football? Cause we've spoke to some people that played for him and said. He would just, on the training ground, he would just humiliate people with his skills. He was a fantastic player, yeah.
3: I mean, he got, I think he got frustrated a little bit when he became a manager that people couldn't pick it up and do what he wanted them to do, you know, but... That is the problem with Martin Ling when you're Glenn Hoddle. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. With Glenn, it was, it's funny, because at, at Tottenham it was always the defender's fault because he played in midfield but when he was at the back and we lost it was always the midfield <laughs> fault you know what I mean but you couldn't really argue with him because he was that good but uh, him and Mickey Hazzard, I remember him having an argument about half hour uh, over one pass Glenn played it to Mickey and Mickey was stubborn as you like as well and Mickey got caught on it on the edge of the box by a, a fella called Gavin Maguire who was, a, who was a real hard man of his time and he seemed like he was he was out to do Mickey and he got, got caught and ended up, they scored. And this argument went on for half hour in the training ground. Mickey was saying, You should have put it on my left foot. Why did you put it on my right foot? And Glenn's saying, Well, you're a good enough player to handle it there. You shouldn't have called for it. And because obviously they was both the same. And yeah. and really, Glenn stifled Mickey's career a little bit at Tottenham because he was so good. You know, yeah. it went on and on and on. But uh, so Glenn would never have, you know, Hold his hands up and say that it was my fault. <laughs>
2: <laughs> why was Glenn Hoddle I, uh, at Swindon? Were they like why was Swin- mm. Surely Glen Hoddle. And <laughs> I mean, no offense to right. you, John, well, but what was Glenn Hoddle who would just come from Monaco? Monaco to Swindon. How does that yeah. like? Did you have mon- was there good money behind them or? Now I think, want to I live think what Trump? he was
3: it was his uh, it was his first managerial post. So yeah. he just wanted to prove himself as a manager because. I suppose it's hard to get a job as a manager really now. Yeah, you know, with all the competition, and even here, back in the day, then you, most managers had to cut their teeth lower down. They wouldn't really walk straight into a top yeah. club. I suppose we had Peter Shilton
2: at Plymouth, similar fish. Yeah. And what about his methods? So he's just been, he's just
1: been with Arsene Wenger in Monaco. Is he coming back? Is he like, is he just reinvented like training and like tactics? Or was he like stuff you would never heard
3: before? Well, as I say, I think he, it was that got us up really because he changed uh, a lot of the dietitian side of it he, he wouldn't let lads eat, uh, eat certain things He would, fizzy drinks they went out the window I remember having uh, he, and he was big on body fat and stuff like that so that was never really in it was the first did time did the players
2: resp- respond to that or you just well you had to do it otherwise
3: you wouldn't play but yeah. it did work because as I say they, we shouldn't have gone up into the premiership Really, yeah. like if you looked at the budget and the players we had. So it was it was down to him definitely. So you came up via the playoffs, you played um
1: Leicester in the final at Wembley, you started that game, you go three nil up, you're thinking, Well, this is
3: done here, isn't it? And then oh. Leicester pull it back to three or Yeah, unbelievable <laughs> I remember that. In all fairness, we come Glenn actually scored right on half time. So we went in
2: the change room one nil up. And uh When is the player manager there? Does he go Great goal for me, that. Yeah. <laughs> well done, well Glenn. Well done, Glenn. That was absolute. key keep yeah. that up. Yeah. To Glenn, everyone. <laughs> yeah. You could all be
3: more like Glenn. No. Yeah. We, all had, we all had a pint of milk back in the day, and we had to raise our, our milk too. Yeah, But no, we come out at half-time, be honest with you, we was 3-0 up within about 10 minutes. Uh, I, I made both the goals, so I was all of a sudden my feathers were up, and I used to get a little bit leery and I remember looking over at the Nicky Sunby who was our right wing back mm. and i would give it the old light me one up Nick we're, we're going to the premiership
2: right <laughs> smoking
1: but, a cigarette
3: yeah right under the nose of the midfielder I didn't like at the time but uh, name names yeah I can't name them well <laughs> there was two of them there was Oldfield and Thompson basically but I'd had a bit of a ding dong with, with Oldfield before uh, the game before anyway so it was, it was to wind him up Within about 15 minutes, it's free all. He comes over and gives it do you. Fancy a light. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't really talk because I was that deflated. I thought, why did I peek too early? Uh, but anyway, we got the penalty
2: and uh, Paul Bowden. Paul Bowden and, and 1 4 three, yeah. If ever a man can be relied on with a uh, pressure penalty, it's Paul Bowden in a eh? red shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So that summer, you're looking forward to the Premier League, here we go, Glenn Hoddle though, doesn't fancy, he's off to Chelsea, is that a bit of a shock?
3: Not really, I think there was a lot of speculation, and uh, when we see his agent turn up at one of the hotels, it was sort of give the the game away, and I was having a meeting in London. Chelsea car parked outside, free Chelsea car. Free Chelsea car. Spence. (laughs)
2: Bates. (laughs) Yeah. Ken Bates filling it up for a when,
3: when we had a golf day and Ken Bates was caddying for him, it sort of <laughs> it away. Uh, so yeah, it was a blow, to be honest with you, because I think that the only chance we would have had realistically of surviving the premiership would have
2: been if he stayed. So And do you guys have that discussion? When he's gone, would anyone vocally say we're fucked here, lads? Yeah, we all knew it. <laughs> 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 we all knew it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did Glenn come to you? Like, Did you have a team meet with him? Did everyone say, look, I'm off, or did, was it just like... He's not, nah, no. he
3: actually, like, he'd done the big... Because we, we went round Swindon and uh, basically we had open a... Open top d- bus. Open top bus, and he got out all on the mic and all the crowd was singing for him to stay and he sort of never, didn't give nothing away. But it was probably done, to be honest with you, because I think he went the next day or next couple of days. On, still on the Evertop bus. Just drove it straight. Yeah. Drove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so John Gorman took over. Yeah, John. Did you get on with him? Yeah, I like John. Lovely fella. He was one of them blokes. He was a little bit too honest, I
2: think. A little, you know, to be a manager at times. And Do you get these people that are like, like Ray Harford, who are better assistants, and then they get promoted, and they're always, yeah. like, too nice and too close yeah, to the Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that John took it to art. You know, he...
3: He let it get to him a little bit because, the, in the end, it, it, as results don't go, it, the crowd, the place turns a little bit, it gets a bit sour. I don't think he was just cut out to, for management, he was a better assistant. I mean, I remember the, uh, I think it was the Olden game. Well, I remember it well because basically, my first boy was born that night and I was up all night and uh, he, he said, Look, come on, Monty, we need you and all that. So I turned out, and it was, a, it was a, I think it was a Wednesday night, real hot day, hottest day of the year. And uh, it wasn't the greatest game in the world, and right at the last knockings, they've nicked a goal, and he'd done the old dying swan, didn't he, on the pitch, and they had him on match of the day, and he was face down, prostrate on the pitch, you know what I mean, what manager does that? You know what I mean, we're only two, it was our first home game of the year, so the writing was on the wall there
1: bit of a nightmare Started like didn't win any of your first 16 games
3: <laughs> no <laughs> was it 16 front. 16 it? yeah yeah that was a record wasn't it yes yeah, the record yeah, yeah. Nice
1: right, day. Nice, right? yeah. and he uh, beat held on the job didn't he?
3: yeah yeah and funny story behind that one we basically i think we'd got beat at villa and uh we got well beat up there i think it was about four one and we come, that's how late it was in the season. There was snow on the ground on the Monday. <laughs> and we had QPR, I think it was the Wednesday. And uh, he said, come, we just go out for a jog. And we, where we trained in Swindon was up, sort of out of the way a little bit. And basically, as we're driving, uh, running, jogging by this pub, it was about 11 o'clock, half 11. I've actually gone to John, should we go in and have a couple of brandies, warm us up a bit for a bit of banter? But he's obviously a bit old school, so might be a bit of bonding going on here. He said alright, he said, we knock him up. I think his name was Jeff or something, the owner. So someone knew him, and we had knocked him up. He can't believe it, all of a sudden there's sixteen swindon players with the tracksuits on. So we've gone in there and Johnny Gorman's gone like basically sixteen doubles. So there he is it took him like 10 minutes to get them all up what time of day is this well it's about I reckon it was probably about half 11 in the <laughs> afternoon so we've down the old double let the dust settle we've gone so we have one more John so he's gone <laughs> go on in one more and we're done I mean worst thing ever isn't it <laughs> 20 minutes later there's like another lot Ten steak sandwiches, eight guinnesses <laughs> right three, uh, all of a sudden we was in there for about i don't know five or six hours, all of us mangled, and uh he slipped off Johnny, but I think he done it he had a bit of method behind it, a bit of yeah. team spirit. What else can you do? We ain't won the sixteen games, so we turn out on the on the Wednesday against q b r our midfield, my midfield partner gets sent off in five minutes. We've had the worst preparation in the world and we ended up winning 1-0 with 10 men. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, so, on the Thursday or the Friday, back down the pub, Johnny went, leave off, he said, you'll get me the sack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you did really well that season though, like you got you got their first, winner's first Premier League goal, did like, and uh, yeah. turned in some good performances.
3: No, I probably had a good season personally, uh, because, I think with me, I was trying to prove. I felt like basically Tottenham didn't give me a fair crack, mm. and I just wanted to prove that I could do it at that level. So yeah, I mean, we was looking back. You're playing against Liverpool's and Man United's, like Cantona and oh, all the wow. great teams, that, and I and I handled myself all right. So it was a, it was a, a real good season for me. You know, it, it proved to me I could do it at that level, which you know you don't know until you're in there and have a, have a year at it.
1: Yeah. And speaking of that level and mentioning Cantonar, uh Swindon two, Man United two, you versus Cantonar, the stamp, you got him sent off. Yeah. Did you feel like you were at home in the Premier League?
3: <laughs> yeah, that was a great game for us. I mean we was uh we was two one up and basically I'll give him a bit of banter before. Oh, I'd actually What kind that, of stuff? No, I'd actually nutmegged him in <laughs> in the game and obviously through threw it into him throw so your legs up and uh, <laughs> he just he saw the red mist I think I sort of got I, I come in and sort of won the tackle and he just stamped on my chest which was at the time it was great for us because so he, he got sent off but we uh, United has been as good as they are they got a draw but it was a good game to them because everyone was expecting us to get dumped mm.
1: when he stamped on your chest are you like yes he's getting sent off here
3: Actually, hurt. Uh, <laughs> I think he cracked one of my ribs. To be honest with you, but uh, he, yeah, it was, it, it, that sort of thing that he could do—it was there was no, you know, no doubt he was going. So, I'll be honest with you, like it—it it wasn't planned to, to get him sent off. But it was it a happened, plan. It wasn't, oh, but, okay. but when it happened, it was a right touch. Do you have a plan to get someone sent off? It's- yeah, you can't opinion, really. Yeah. You just. I think that you target certain people. Like the, football, you have got to win your battles, didn't you? And yeah. by any means, sort of. So there are players that would target certain players to try and get them to see the red mist. You know. Would you? Would you ever go in for a bit of banter, knowing you can wind someone up and get that red mist? And always, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> who was the, the easiest? I don't know. I had a few runnings. I mean, I used to clash a lot with Colton Palmer. And he had good banter to be fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, there were certain players that you would, you know, you just you clashed anyway. But yeah. I think back in the day, for me, it it was part of me feeling confident. And at the end of the game, I yeah. just shook everyone's hand. I wanted to be their mates, but during the game, you you want to win, didn't you? So how was Carlton after the game? Uh, that particular game, not too good. because He had a nightmare. <laughs> I was just saying, stand off him. He give us the ball. Don't worry about him. Every time he had it, <laughs> the usual stuff. Worst player to put on an England shirt. You know. <laughs> was
1: there like a really like really good players that you found really easy to play against because you just had their number? Like, Colin
3: or- I'll be honest with you, I, I like playing against. Uh, believe it or not, players like. Fierro or Roy Keane, because David Batty was another one. I just enjoyed that challenge, you know. And if you can play well against them, as I say, you you come off of there a little bit more uh, sort of confident and a little bit more satisfied, you know, because you're probably you're pitching yourself against the best. And I didn't mind the, the challenge of it, the physical side of it. Although I wasn't, you know, big in stature it's more than one way to skin a cat
2: <laughs> is Roy Keane he's not you he weren't scared in any way of Roy Keane I'd be absolutely fucking terrified you can't no you can't I would if Roy Keane walked in I would smash a window to get out <laughs> no, I think with football
3: I probably didn't go into one game not being nervous I was always nervous yeah. and mm. I think that drives you on you know it's and I like the fact of having that feeling because now you know you've got to fight. It was one of them. If you went into, if I went into a game and I didn't feel nervous, something was wrong. So it's, the, you know, the fight or flight, isn't it? And I always saw it as a, you know, an adrenaline to, to be up for it. So you couldn't, although you, was, I was more scared of playing bad, to be honest with you, because mm. I, I used to beat myself up and, because you let yourself down, didn't you? Yeah. And it's the, that was probably the most uh, thing that wound me up. I wasn't really scared of, Another opponent.
1: What about David Batty off the pitch? Did you ever get to know him much? We've heard a lot nah. of rumours about that man. Didn't, you, nah.
3: Though. To be fair to him, he, he was one of them old school. You could kick him, he wouldn't even let you know he was hurt. You know what I mean? I remember yeah. one occasion, uh, I'd sort of gone in quite tough on him and, and won the ball, but I sneaked up on him and I, I knew he had the arm, and I was waiting for it. The old, you know... Because my motto was sort of get your retaliation in first. <laughs> and uh, I went, I see him, we wasn't, oh, neither of us was great in the air. And the ball come up and I flicked the ball on and just felt a crash on the back of the head. And he sort of come through and he nutted the back of my head. Yeah. So I thought, I'm not going to show him out. So I jumped up and they reckon I started running and went round in a circle <laughs> and he <then> just <laughs> fell on the floor <laughs> with concussion.
1: <laughs> um, Jan arger he uh, joined Swindon. Bit of a slow start though. He's a bit of a Swindon legend, but it
3: wasn't the case to yeah. begin with. Unbelievable, was he rubbish. To begin with? He was with the aeroplane when he when he scored. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. He yeah. was uh, he was fantastic, really. Because I'll be what honest with you, did he come you, from, was, he come from Norway, Norway? Yeah, and he didn't yeah. score for, and he was our record signing. I think two points something million, and he never he couldn't hit a cow's car, ass with a banjo, <laughs> and I think. Out of them games you said, he never he never looked like scoring. And actually, because I was quite close to Johnny Gorman, you know, and he said to me, this is his last game tonight, and we were playing Ipswich in the Cup. And I actually was suspended for that game. Mm. So I'm up in the stand, and I'm sitting with a few of the lads, and I said, if he don't score, he's finito. So anyway, Ipswich went one up. He's, he's having a bit of a mare, and... He was in the second half the old pop-up toaster come out with his number on so I said that's it because he told me he was going back to Norway on the on the Monday I think it was deal was done and uh, the ball wouldn't go out so one of the lads had gone what if he scores I mean, yeah <laughs> yeah good one honestly this is true he gets the ball plays a one-two and we're all laughing now what if it goes Last defender, it bobbles off the defender's knee, hits him, goes through the defender, he runs through, right, and slots it. Right? <laughs> and we all know four of us watching Johnny Gorman, and he turns round and goes, put the number away, put the number <laughs> away. <laughs> right? And it's true, and he ended up, he went on a run and scored about I think it was something like ten goals in the next eleven wow. games. Yeah, and that's, his career took that's off amazing. he yeah. got he got a move to Middlesbrough, Sheffield United.
2: All big one, clubs.
3: Oh. Well, <laughs> better than going back to Norway. <laughs> and he was one kick away from going back home. You know? Wow. Fantastic. Sliding doors.
1: Is football a lot like that? Is it luck? Is there a big chunk of luck in like, making a career for yourself sometimes? There is,
3: there is, but not to that extreme. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> um, so summer in 94, allegedly... Harry Redknapp asked Jamie Redknapp who's the best player you played against last season and he says John Moncur and Harry Redknapp goes
3: right and picks up the phone Is yeah. that, have you heard that story? Yeah yeah. Harry did tell me that funny enough and uh, which was good because obviously Jamie was a quality player again I did have a couple of good games against Liverpool that year to be fair so he probably saw the best in me but <laughs> uh, typical Harry yeah get your confidence you know flying I felt yeah. great then when I was having a sticky spell it was always Billy Bonds is signing <laughs> can we get him out the door but uh, <laughs> that was uh, yeah that was in the first season did
1: Harry himself like, give you a call how did that work that transfer
3: yeah no I've got uh, obviously I've actually Chelsea agreed uh, and West Ham agreed a million pounds so it was at the end of the year and I met Glenn and I thought probably I was you know on a football point of view Glenn was probably the manager I would have probably gone yeah. to but for some reason things happened it was a chain of events happened and uh it turned around and i
2: me art ruled me head a little bit and i signed for west ham i wasn't because obviously glenn likes you then because he mm, tried to sign you twice when he became england manager are you thinking here we go no because i've rejected him oh once you do that to glenn you've had it really
3: yeah do if i think- if i'd have signed with him i might have played for england <laughs> That is, is he
2: that, is that what Glenn Hoddle's like I
3: think so I think he was I'll be honest with you he'd say no but uh, yeah probably was he would see it as I've sort of knocked him back I would say because yeah. Glenn was a top manager there's no two ways about it um, you signed for West Ham on the same day as uh,
1: Joey he was a West Ham legend who only played for us for 58 days if you can say he played because yeah. he ended up he wanted to go he, we signed him from Oxford we ended up selling him back to Swindon because he couldn't handle the commute between London and Oxford yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean Alex, yeah, to be fair West Ham is the wrong side of London <laughs> I mean, 406 isn't oh, the best he got his bearings a bit wrong didn't he Man, Paul, lad?
1: I mean, the team the team around him were you going like oh, this guy is unbelievable is he was thick? he good <laughs> he
3: actually was technically good yeah I and mean, yeah. he signed on the same day as me because after I agreed they told me they'd signed him and I thought well, that's good because he was a, he was one in with potential had a
2: great left foot and uh did yeah, you have to was, do that joint photo shoot that players nah, do when they sign together? Nah, no, I didn't do that. that. I wasn't having that. I'm glad I
3: did not <laughs> with Joey. No, not a not lot yet. of darts would have went in my head.
1: <laughs> but, to uh, him out I can't believe
3: it, be honest. He, we was obviously no signing, so we signed and on, on that week when we went back, he basically, Billy took us to Eastbourne for a fitness week and I'm sitting on the coach with Joey and he actually said to me, he said, uh, I can't do it. I said, do what? I'm thinking, what running? Like we're going? To... He went, I can't. I can't. I've got to leave this club. I said, you've only just signed. You having a laugh, have not you? He went. No. He said, someone told me I could get get obviously get there in an hour. It took me two and a half hours. <laughs> right? It took me two and a half hours from Oxford. I said, well, you will run at M25. And I'm thinking the punchline. I'm thinking, he you yeah, not sure. He went. No. He said, I can't. You know, I can't leave me burden. I said, oh, listen, I said, they're lynching, mate. I said, don't dare. Don't dare say you don't want to play for West Ham after three days or whatever it was. And he did. I do you not have to
2: drive there to sign for
3: them? Well He had might
2: signed. have made a good run. <laughs> yeah, he, did. Yeah. he signed at midnight. He
3: signed at midnight, yeah. Fuck, <laughs> oh, yeah, I couldn't believe it.
1: It was a bit of a shambles that summer of for West Ham because not only did we have that, we also had Harry Redknapp playing a fan. In a friendly against Oxford, yeah, and f- were you involved in that game? Yeah, and yeah. the fan, the fan who came, Joey on. beach <laughs> and loved that game against Oxford. <laughs> Perfect location. <laughs> it was Joey in disguise.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the fan had a goal disallowed. Yeah, he was better than after late. <laughs> He tore in and gave us a load of abuse he, he, didn't, want to leave, he
2: didn't want to move, did he? That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stan was too far. No, he didn't want
3: to move. <laughs> Joey's twin brother. But he tore in at half-time and gave us a load of abuse. What, what he, he came
1: did? into the dressing room, this fan? Yeah, he's run down. So He ran down the tunnel and broken yeah. it. What's security like that?
3: So Harry's gone... It's pre-season, though. It's yeah. not like yeah. Upton Park or something. No, where, no like, it says, yeah, you get it pre-season. So Harry's gone, what well, do you think you can do? Better put a kit on yeah all right. then he's gone <laughs> and he stuck him on he stuck him on yeah and that he's was Marco Boogers yeah, like... he was better than Boogers <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what, what was he, he was coming in giving everyone abuse to, who was he giving the abuse to Lee Chapman probably you? probably
3: Chapley yeah but no nah, he was just saying like sort it out and all that so obviously good yeah, tip yeah Harry, uh, cheers for that mate yeah, we will sort it out I'll, I'll take that one on board <laughs>
1: Like, so you've got quite a few characters there when you join West Ham. I'm thinking of players like Ian Bishop, Julian Dix, uh, Donna Hutchison. Was there
3: much of a drinking
1: culture there? Was it like out? Yeah. Out,
3: out? Yeah, it was. It was. I think the mentality in them days, it, you probably went out once or twice a week In uh, most clubs would have done it. And it was seen as team bonding. So it was no different at West Ham. Uh, Bish was, yeah, Bish was heavy. I mean, if you got... Got caught with him on an all day. He was in trouble. <laughs> I remember having a drink with him one one day because we he lived near me in Lao, so we went down the local. We used to go in the carpenters because it was nice and quiet. So anyway, I would always drop a shoulder about seven o'clock from training because I thought you know. I what can't time do you get in day? there if you're leaving at seven? Well, we got in there afternoon, so half two. So we'd stay in <laughs> yeah. there for a good three or four hours, and. Uh, Bish didn't want to go home. So I just I just used to slip and leave him in there. Anyway, he turned up the next day, he'd been up the hospital, he'd cut all his lip. His lip had been he'd had an operation on his lip, sewn back in that night. Obviously he fell over drunk. But he took a a, a tramp off on the street up the country club, like up the uh nightclub for a bit of you know, for a bit of banter. Couldn't find no one to go with. Everyone was everyone was fuming him, wouldn't go with him. So he took this tramp off the street he said, Come and I'll treat you. They went out and they went up the uh, yeah, one, wow. of, the, one of the clubs. It was either Faces at the time in yeah, or the it. country club, yeah.
1: But hang on, is he, is he dressing the tramp up? Does he take him down the like the shop? No, nah, the, the tramp
3: looked better than him. <laughs> 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 he was lending him
2: gear. <laughs> yeah.
1: I must have thought he was like hipster, like your Bishop's hipster mate, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so so you go from Swindon to Harry, like Glenn Hoddle to Harry Redknapp. I wondered how, like, how did Harry Redknapp compare as a manager to Glennon? Was it a bit more rough and ready,
2: or?
3: Yeah, I mean, not, not
2: as, good. as good at playing sweeper. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: not, not chipping fifty-yard balls <laughs> around the training ground. No?
3: Nah, nah. Yeah, little, you know, again, Harry knows the game obviously, and different styles, different ways of man management. But I think he could bring the best out in players. Harry, he, he knew how to. He had a good eye for a player, and. He knew how to sort of man-manage, I think, a little bit better. Mm. Uh, Glenn was, I would say, a bit more tactically astute and knew the game and uh, technically was probably better. But Harry knew how to to put a group of lads together and how to sort of bring the best out in them. That's Mm. what I thought, you know. But I suppose after a few years of, of hearing him, you know, you knew like half of, it, half of it was cobblers. <laughs> you
2: know,
3: as I say, I was the best player never to play for England when I was doing well and and uh, when I was having one, I was Billy Bonsign and get rid of him. <laughs> you know, typical Harry.
1: Who had uh, more of a temper or who dished out the hairdryer treatment more or was it Harry or Glenn?
3: I think, yeah, no, I think Harry would be probably lose it a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, he... He would, do it, he would do it Harry when you sort of knew it was going to happen do you know what I mean it's when
1: you are like, in, in half time 1-0 yeah, down
2: yeah throw the bottle up the wall or kick the sandwiches does that work like if if a just loses it all the time it just loses its impact
3: right? yeah yeah no I think it, as you say that is man management again isn't it sometimes yeah. Glenn was I mean I remember one game with Glenn I was having a beast and he he come in and I thought oh here we go I'm going to get the Shepherds and he went, basically, best player on the pitch, John Monger, he said, you know, he said... Not really? Yeah, he said, ain't having his greatest game, he said, but he, you look at him, don't shy away from wanting the ball. He said, showing. I mean, he's cocking it. up every time he gets it. Yeah, he's giving it away every time he gets it. But he's, he's, but what he was trying to say, what he was trying to do, and that was early when I'd signed for him, I think it was a bit of reverse psychology. So I went out in the second half and totally different. Where... You Know that that sometimes yeah. is, a, is a good way of doing it. As did, I he say, ever,
2: did he ever mention Eileen Drury
3: to you? He did, as it happens, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eileen, but
1: some people rate her. Did you
3: rate her? I didn't No, I never met her uh, or anything like that, so uh, I don't, I couldn't tell you a lot about her. I, I didn't go and see her, but yeah, what was the Ray Parler one? Wasn't well, it? he said he went <laughs> in there and asked for a short back and sides, yeah, that was his lot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, mentioned the hairdryer treatment with Harry. That's, you said like him kicking the sandwiches, but didn't you once throw a plate of sandwiches during a half time
3: round mm. with Harry? Yeah, well I <laughs> and no, I actually I actually booted him up in the air <laughs> and went into one. And uh Mark Furray bless him, who's dead now. He was, a, he was a lovely fella, Mark. And he was sitting there and a quarter sandwich had landed on his head and he didn't do it. it. <laughs> you just see the whites of his eyes because he couldn't believe how someone like, you know, he hadn't seen that before because I completely flipped and went went mad. And uh, it sort of broke the mood because you could cut the, the atmosphere with a knife and basically everyone looked around and started cracking up
2: because he had a, an, an egg and cress on top of his head. Next time we lose, anything think I need to get a sandwich on Farway's head.
1: That's what I need to do. Do you remember what you lost it about?
3: He just, no, it was actually, I was subbed that day and he didn't put me on. And I was so angry that I was up. While he was dressing the lads down because they got beat 2-0, I was up looking at the sandwiches on purpose. And I'd actually nudged my mate and said, look, I'll get him on a bit of string here because I was fuming. I wanted to have a row. And he went, for fuck's sake, sit down. And that was it. That was the red. So I stood back, sit down, and I volleyed the sandwiches because I was hanging off the edge of the thing and it actually hit the roof the plate hit the roof for the tray yeah. and they just went everywhere and that, that was it. that was the start of the big argument but, uh, yeah.
1: so you were angling to start of that route by looking at the sandwiches
3: I wanted yeah I was I, I couldn't believe he could, didn't put me on that game because you know we was 2-0 we lost 2-0 and we didn't look like scoring you know what I mean and I knew I could have changed had an impact
1: when you are on the bench are you like tapping on the shoulder going bring me on bring me on is that kind of thing happen?
3: Did a little bit. I did a couple of times with Harry. But our relationship was all right. I mean, he he sort of knew what I was like. I've been there a long time, and I knew what he was like. I had
2: respect for him. Mm. So, you know. On the other side of that anecdote, what's the... Food like at half time and full time, then I'm loving this idea of this spread of like a buffet. Yeah, and is it? No, nah, it's basic sandwiches. And it. do you get like, tea? are you drinking tea at half time? Because we've seen things where there'll be players just drinking tea. Is that tea did come in? Yeah, tea. You <laughs> it blows back... my mind that you play half an hour 45 <laughs> minutes of football and a <laughs> <half> an <laughs> cup of they tea. Used... Well, they used to have a pint of
3: milk, didn't they?
2: You have the a play? it, have
3: a pint of milk. For early doors, yeah. Like there was there, when I'm, I'm talking. That's going to sit heavy, isn't it? Yeah. Full fat, heavy skimmed Yeah, no, yeah. Full fat, I think. Like, <laughs> I'm talking late eighties. Yeah. Early nineties. Yeah, you would have there would be milk in the dressing room. And people, if you remember the old FA Cup finals. Yeah. It was you. You would have you would see it. I mean, what was the milk cup? That was sponsored. Yeah. Wasn't it at one point? Yeah. That was all. So you you had all that in the dressing rooms but there was always tea I mean p- p- people would have tea before the game definitely and yeah
1: I remember seeing it, having a pre uh, pre-game tour of up to park and seeing Alvin Martin would eat a bar of chocolate before, yeah. uh, before your fruit and nut yeah. <laughs> pre-match
3: <laughs> yeah well that's, that's the big thing that really changed I think you know remember having oh, we used to have steak and chips pre-match meal that's you so know heavy. what I mean like a brick in your stomach
0: <laughs> how, <laughs> but, how long before the match would you have so well it would be like
3: you, you'd probably look at say two and a half hours for kickoff. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah. but wow. that's it yeah but that I mean I, I'm talking as I say at that, that time and it all changed you know the sports science come in didn't it and they went no stone kidney pies two and a half hours yeah. <laughs> what, what I remember not? when I signed with West Ham like Shirley her name did you know Shirley yeah, lovely yeah. woman Shirley but she would do like egg and bacon and I thought blimey and then, uh, I think it was the f- f- first month I was there, It was pie and mash, and I thought, oh, God, it's fantastic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've come to the right place. So,
1: you had a reputation at Upton Park, West Ham, being a bit of a prankster. There's a few incidents I'd like to talk about. Firstly, mm. the, you know, the famous one, of there not being enough training kit, and the way you All dealt right. with that. Yeah, Rio Ferdinand says it's the funniest thing he ever saw in football.
3: Yeah, I, I think because it, uh, it was one of the coldest days of the year. We had quite an f- influx of foreign players and, and the, you know they, a lot of them weren't used to that weather. So what would happen, you'd get your kit and basically the training, the, the track suits and stuff would be in a, a bin next to it. So it was help yourself, but there was enough to go around. And uh, I used to time my journey in, so I was a little bit, you know, I, I didn't get in too early. So it happened a couple of times and I thought, oh, I can't have this and I've come in and I've gone to i seen Eddie the kit man and I said look Eddie any, any tracksuits he said nah it's only what's in the basket I said well there's nothing in there Eddie there's a sock in there I mean where do you want me to put that <laughs> so anyway I thought I ain't having this no more I'm not having it like everyone's putting two tracksuits on or whatever few of them have so I was stripped off bollock naked and I flew out the door and all the lads waited outside Harry's office and it was like sleet coming down <laughs> and there was this massive puddle and I have Come tearing out, <laughs> <laughs> done a cleansman through the puddle. like right? jumped up. I said, Come on, boys. I said, I'm doing taking the warm up. Like, Brace yourself. And the lads were just falling about laughing. But Harry's actually seen it and he's gone berserk. I like, get him in, like we've got the sky coming later on. <laughs> so he calls me in the office. Obviously, he said, What's, what's going on? He said, got, he said, This is taking it too far. I said, Well, look, H, I just said, I ain't. I'll keep coming. I'll get no kit. I said I ain't having it no more. Are you still so, naked at this point? No, no. I don't. <laughs> We, got, bo- we both ones. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, it done its job. In the end, he said, to Eddie, He said, "Listen, put one by for him every day. Don't let him. He can't not have a tracksuit." So, so it works. So it works. Yeah.
1: <laughs> naked protest.
3: Yeah. Naked protest.
1: <laughs> what about the paint mark? there's like paint for the pitch markings. was knocking about. Didn't you like want to stick your head in that?
3: Yeah, but typical West Ham, like we're cha- changing and the fellas painting the walls, and uh, so it was like wall paint. Yeah, Chad relief. He was he was yeah tossing it over. They say a <laughs> bit of emulsion. So it was actually like it wasn't a, it was a bit of a fun day. We was in. There was about ten of us in, and a few few of the lads had gone away on. I think it was one of the weeks where there was international duty. So I painted me head white <laughs> <laughs> and come running out. And, uh,
1: <laughs> how did you do it Do you have a brush and stick your head in the
3: no I painted it and then he'd done the back <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah so that, that was that was great that was and the, we,
1: the fumes you must have been I oh, loved it. Quite.
3: it was raining and all and, and as we were doing shooting prats, and every time I was doing these diving headers there was a big explosion of <laughs> paint coming up it was
2: fantastic <laughs> when, there's, when there's loads of players are on international duty is it like
3: yeah it's like, a bit a, of a dead week Piss yeah, around. It is really because you can't have a proper session, can you?
2: Yeah. So, and Does time, Harry even turn up in those? He situations? didn't
3: that day. <laughs>
2: thankfully.
1: <laughs> um, so you struggled with injuries a bit at West Ham, but there was one injury in particular against Arsenal where you were getting carried off by the St John's
3: ambulance yeah. and they didn't quite manage it. No, I believe that was when the uh, the prank turned on me, didn't it? I uh, I remember because it, it was the first game I played against Vieira and basically it was, a, it was a night game and Arsenal ball quiet they give them half of the end and they had a, a couple of thousand I reckon it was or, so there's a lot of Arsenal there it was a great atmosphere and I sort of clashed with him on the halfway line and I knew I'd sort of strain my knee it wasn't terrible but I knew from uh, I couldn't carry on sort of strain my medial ligament and basically it was a, near the chicken run so the old St John's ambulance boys come on it took them about 10 minutes <laughs> because <laughs> uh, they used to cart you off on the stretcher, didn't they? Yeah. So they've decided, I mean, I'm sort of, John Green was a physio, so I'm sort of talking to him about the injury, so he said, no, you can't carry on. But they've took me round the Arsenal bit. <laughs> oh. So the game's now going on, I'm thinking, oh, i have to go that one." <laughs> <laughs> so one of the old boys, basically, looked. he looked about 80 years old, and he was struggling, and I, I'm now sitting up, and I can hear him like, Breathing, I said, "You're right, mate," <laughs> and he didn't even answer. You know, and I'm thinking, "Well, as he's gone round behind the goal, like as he's turned, because at Upton Park it's a slope, isn't there? Yeah. He's gone over, and he like a sack of tomatoes. <laughs> well, I fell on top of him. He's, he's, dropped me, he's dropped me, the fella, in front of the Arsenal fans, and I'm laying on top. I've actually got him to, to take the dairy off it. I didn't even feel me needing. You imagine the embarrassment." <laughs> I've rolled him on the stretcher and tried to pick him up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> to try and, you know. And there's a bit older all the, all the grounds laughing and what have you. But anyway, he got me back on. And the match is going on at this point? Yeah, the this... match was going on. <laughs> and I still get Arsenal fans now come up and say, I was there that night they dropped you off that stretcher. But no, it was, it was a terrible night for me.
1: <laughs> um, what about pre-match rituals? did you have one yourself for your playing career
3: no not really no there was a, a lot of lads did mm. uh, Stuart Pearce did didn't he Didn't you he like did. wind Stuart him up with you? you interfered with his pre-match ritual, yeah right? Stuart Pearce was like uh, very strategic he had a routine I used to watch him because around that time I was sort of uh, about 36 so I was sort of in and out of the team mainly I would say a lot of, a lot of games I was sub that season so I used to watch him prepare and stuff and he would he would have like he would have raw vegetables at the hotel you know he was like a cage lion and he would do his sort of get there
2: what idiot you're his, all having steak and chips going who's this idiot yeah no they all change in <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: so uh, he'd get this little clock out and he used to put it above the peg you know it, it was a terrible clock I used to look at it and think what is that Plastic thing, like what was... I think like a Mickey Mouse clock. I said to him, What is that? He went, That's my clock. I said, What? I said, There's clocks in the changing room. He said, No, nah. he went, This ain't let me down for 25 years. This, All right? <laughs> I used to think I'd love to smash that clock. You know?
2: <laughs> and, and the lads
3: went, So one of the boys went, Don't dare touch his clock. He said, He gets the hump because they knew him from Forest. So I thought that's fucking red rags. You're born it from there. <laughs> so anyway, he used to put his boots on, go away come back, have a look at his clock, go away, have a have a rub, come back, you know, do do his shoulder rolls, come back, you know, it was a, stri- a
1: really set routine. Set
3: routine, but every time he, he, he'd come away, like, I don't know, a couple of minutes at a time, come back, have a look at his clock. So I kept nudging it back a minute. You know, <laughs> so he wouldn't really suss it, you know. Anyway, I think I nicked about 10 minutes on the clock, right? So he's basically, he's gone to Harry... Harry why are they going out early well, they're playing Ipswich so Harry's gone like, obviously had a look at his Rolex he's gone no it's half past Piercy he said look there's a clock up there he went no but this clock's never wrong Harry right? so <laughs> he said well, I can't help you there mate he said I've definitely are passed on this he went it can't be he said the clock he picks the clock up and starts rattling it right? it can't be wrong Right. He goes into one, so I thought all oh, the lads now running out. They're going out the door, so I thought, "God, get away!" Here. Anyway, he kicked the right back, the right winger all over the park. Really. He absolutely, I think it was his name, Jermaine Wright, or something like that. He flipping kicked him over the other side of the pit. He was unreal, piercing like, like a lion. And we actually won the game, so it was all, all right. Did so you we, tell him? No. So on the Monday, yeah, we come in. And I used to give him a bit of banter about his barnet or whatever because he used to drive in from Hungerford every day I and mean, it's a long way but I'm sure he had his head hanging out the car because his barnet was terrible <laughs> so I said, like, come on the motorbike again, Pearcey and he didn't say nothing so I thought, oh, perhaps he knows anyway get ready for training so he said, "Mum, I have a word with you so I said, yeah, no worries, mate
1: were you nervous? a little bit, you? I'm thinking <laughs> I looked
3: up to see where the door was do you know what I mean? like, <laughs> can I get there? He went, listen, he said, I know you like a bit of banter. He said, but if you ever touch that clock again, he said, I'll rip your head off. And he was serious, <laughs> he was serious. I said, what are you all about? He said, I know it was you. He's going, I know it was you. I said, no, you, I said, "The fuck you, listen. I said, everything comes to an end one day, the poor old clock, his legs are gone. You know. <laughs> he, he, weren't happy. Did you ever touch the clock again? No. no, no.
1: <laughs> um, got to ask you before we finish about an iconic 90s moment the day that West Ham stopped Man United winning the title in 1995 West Ham had yeah. been in a relegation battle had secured safety we had nothing to play for and then pull out one of the most memorable performances in several years drawing 1-0 and stopping them you yeah. played that day
3: Yeah yeah Wait, it was what... a great I mean that week was fantastic because we uh, we played Liverpool in the week and we got safe we beat them 3-0 I think it was and uh Obviously, the pressure was lifted. I don't. I think we went out on a bender. <laughs> yeah, until the Sunday game. Go- I think we all just reported Sunday. So the was, John Gorman
2: approach. The John Gorman approach.
3: That's what we got named, have not we? Johnny G approach. So we Fine turned you get up into the John Gorman approach. That's my new pub. <laughs> yeah, we turned up. Obviously, all the pressure was off, and the atmosphere was electric. And actually, the first half of that game, I think that's the best first half I've ever played in we was
2: fantastic 1-0 up 1-0 up but we outplayed them I mean they what couldn't was, get near us what was the atmosphere like between? because the Man U players obviously care so much more than the West Ham players in that yeah. situation well
3: I think the pressure got to them we had no yeah. pressure so they, they was a little bit for them they was uh, they, they were stuttering you know and you could see it and where, where we was just as I say I think we got safe and it done give us such a lift we was playing like beyond all of us did you know and, uh, what was happening at Anfield, or nah, did, you, did, you, did nah. you care? Didn't care really. I mean, yeah. we, we wanted because none of us really liked Man U, so we wanted Blackburn yeah, to, yeah. to win. But second half they probably battered us, you know. And as the game went on, it was like heroic performance from from uh, Ludo. He, mate, he pulled off three or four fantastic saves, and
1: he was good when the cameras turned up, wasn't he? He
3: was, yeah, he was. That's a good way they weren't there. They weren't, no. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a great game. I remember uh, I was on the back co- uh, post with Keeney, right at the death. And I went, You ain't going to win it this year.
2: <laughs> and then he went, I went, you have to learned your lesson again <laughs> no, play our no, final. <laughs> exactly. I
3: think it was a couple of minutes ago, and he said, I'm going to do you in the tunnel. And I went, I'm not going to be in the tunnel, I'm going to be celebrating with the fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, what was obviously. it like
2: afterwards so when it ended did it end was, first it was like we'd won the
3: league the way the crowd were yeah. because they hated Man U didn't they the West Ham fans so it was a weird one because it was like the best reception you'd ever get and really we'd had a poor season yeah. but the way it ended it was like you know we were zeros especially stopping them win the title
2: and how did the Man U players take it oh, devastated would
3: not they I mean to be honest you know like it's probably the worst thing that can happen if you think about whole league season and you lose on one kick of the game mm-hmm. you know they're going to be absolutely devastated but we didn't care
2: <laughs> <laughs> One more question Chris you always ask <laughs>
1: If you could go back in time I'll give you a little button you press it and you go back to the 1st of January 1990 and do it all over again would you? Without a doubt
3: Yeah Fantastic, yeah. Would you well, still do the clock? That's what made it all. Them <laughs>
1: that's what made it. Would you do all the same stuff again? them training naked, the bad, the padded, uh, yeah.
3: I think. It, listen, you're in, it's an entertainment business, isn't it? But to be around the lads and have the, the laughs that we all had, you know, that's the thing that you do miss. Obviously, playing in front of the crowd, the adrenaline of that. And uh, but, what better lifestyle? Getting paid for saying you love doing. Yeah. Um, well thank you so much for your time no, thank so you pleasure. so much Now, thank you boys enjoyed it
0: tremendous atmosphere building up this is Moncure
3: Moncure oh took a deflection but it found the net and West Ham regained the lead
2: that was John Moncure Oh, lovely man do you like John Monker more than anyone in the world Chris
1: um, I love his stories he, he is in, a, in many respects the perfect 90s footballer Spurs Swindon under Glenn Hoddle West Ham yeah. you know he, what you want out of Quickly Kevin is a journeyman and, in, and even though he was I think very much an elite footballer he, ha, he covered enough ground when you say
2: what you want out of Quickly Kevin is a journeyman that would be why our favourite two episodes of Gary Neville and Stuart Pearce the two <laughs> ultimate journeymen <laughs> now Review haiku.
0: It's review haiku. 90s football review Mm -mm haiku. Review haiku.
1: Okay, we have a couple of review haiku absolute crackers for you this week. And Michael is back to judge. The first one (laughs) is written by the aptly named Titus Bramblewitch. And the title is Pierce Prose. It begins like this. Nothing on his wall except one England photo. Stuart Pearce hates fame.
2: Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> that that would, is yeah. absolutely beautiful. That's going to be
1: tough. That's going to be yeah. tough to beat. Or you've got this one by Gabby Logan and Barry Venison. <laughs> I presume Good. they haven't tamed up on this. I, it begins like this and ends like this. True podcast cracker with Cernacek and Shaka. Post in Babs Knacker.
0: Oh, (laughs) what are you going with? Wow! In any other week, both of those would be a clear winner. I think the standards
2: really gone up recently as well. I
0: think by a nose, Stuart Pearce.
2: Stuart Pearce. Title:
1: Bramblewidge. You have won. A Graham says hit Les mug. If you want to leave your own review, haiku. We'll be picking them up again in Series 5 next year. You can do so on iTunes. We'll pick them up, leave a haiku, and next year you could be the proud owner of a Graham Says hit Les mug or a better prize, should we determine that one is available.
2: Finally, we should end with a quiz, shouldn't we? We always do. Yeah. To play a song to end the show. I'm going to ask a question this week. You two can play off against it. It's one of my old classics. I'm going to name a year. You've just got to name... Any team that won a major trophy. I love this. Or any player that won one of the major player awards. I genuinely get
0: quiz envy with this. I wish I'd come up with this
2: round. It's a good round, isn't it? It's a good round. 1997, please. Michael, to start.
0: 1997. Okay, so Premier League winners were Manchester
2: United. Correct. <laughs> I'm not going to check that one. I know that one. That's the only one I knew. Always a mistake not to choose a international tournament. Yeah, I regret that already. Yeah, I want to say this, but I'm I'm not I'm not
1: convinced. You know when they're saying a 50-50 tackle, you should always be
0: committed. Yeah. yeah, I'm loose in this tackle. You're pulling out.
1: I think Leicester City won the League Cup in ninety seven.
0: I know they did. Did they? Yeah. Okay. How many more have you got in the locker, Chris? I've got two. Got I've two just realised two in the locker. Fuck.
1: Yeah, I've got uh, the FA
0: Cup in the yeah, locker Yeah, okay. I've just realised Shit I'm
1: fucking li- I'm, winning, I'm winning this There's uh,
0: Michael Okay uh, Champions League winners that year were Borussia Dortmund
2: That is a great call Hope, is that, uh, Champions League, 1997 Paul Lambert marked Zidane out of the game Correct answer Chris Chelsea won the FA Cup they against did. Middlesbrough in the finals. Yes, Shit. Roberto did. And I've got a fucking great one in their locker. Have is. you got another
1: one yeah. in the locker?
0: A really good one that you're just gonna fucking love. So we've had, so we've had League Cup, we've had FA Cup. Lef- we've had
2: yes, two. effing, eh?
0: Yeah. Mm. Come on, mate. Some young people won't you watch, listen to this podcast about nineties football. Do you know what? I
2: immediately regretted swearing. I was yeah. like, why am I? Because
0: I'm so excited about this one. So it's all right,
2: No one under the age of 30 is going to listen to this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry to everyone. This. Uh, so we've had the big four arguably in a year that isn't FA League League FA League and Champions yeah. League yeah
2: Continental Tournaments maybe oh you've
1: wanked why? no
2: I meant like Serie A
0: or whatever oh okay so we can go for foreign leagues yeah uh, well I you can have any league you want mate I think any major league <laughs> well I think uh, and I'm hoping this snooker skull is wasn't 97 the year that Naeem lobbed David Seaman so Zaragoza won the I think that's not Cup Winners' Cup. I UEFA Cup. <laughs> because they won it in
1: 95 and they were back in the final
0: oh, of the year later. Oh, shit, shit, shit.
2: The winners of the not- UEFA Cup Winners' Cup, 1997. Oh, I think Chelsea Oh, no, I've lost. I've lost. Was it was Barcelona. They'd be I... PSG 1 0.
0: So you have to. Oh, they'd have to get one to win. I think so, because I went first. Yeah. Got, oh, well,
1: England won Le Tournoi in 99. Oh,
0: so. no, not Le, <laughs> Le Tournoi! That's not a competitive. Comp- I mean, I do not, one. Not, Absolutely, not, do I one. I would have picked the fucking Charity Shield if I thought Le no, Tournoi oh, was, was going to Charity okay. Shield. Who do you want for the charity? Manchester show? United.
1: <laughs> Come on, that's a, that's a no, look. I'll
0: give you the win. I'll give you the win <laughs> only if you pick Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas this year. Is the end,
2: so the
1: end song. Um, well seeing as I defeated Michael as a small little um, olive branch I would like to extend the theme to Home Alone by John
0: Williams to see if you'd accept Uh, I reject your olive (laughs) (laughs) branch I graciously in the spirit of Christmas I accept lovely stuff well
1: um, thank you very much we'll be back next week for the end of series quiz as we always are until then from Josh Michael and myself Robbie Slater see you later bye
0: bye